It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Baltimore Ravens preseason winning streak is now history after a 29-28 victory by the Washington Commanders in the preseason to go 2-0 this preseason. How it all went down on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this Victory Monday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And technically, it's not Monday anymore, right? It's actually Tuesday morning. If you're watching this live on YouTube or depending on the time zone you're on uh, or you're in, it actually might still be Monday. So either way, I appreciate you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And if you'd like to, you can continue this conversation with me via text message by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders and join the the growing number of commanders fans that are uh, exchanging text messages with me during practices, during games, and even during off days. We're having a lot of fun conversating about these Washington commanders. Of course, I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, especially after uh, games, after Monday night football victories in primetime over the Baltimore Ravens. And this podcast, today's episode, brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try by going to betterhelp.com slash locked on, and you'll get 10% off your first month when you do that today. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to share three takeaways from Monday night's game. Zoom in on the offensive line and the secondary, including a bounce-back performance by Quan Martin, the rookie defensive back. Speaking of Quan, got some time to talk to him in the locker room after the game. I've got that recorded for you. I'm not going to drop that on this live episode simply because I hate the way that that StreamYard uh, airs videos in the server. So I like to take those posts uh, and insert them for you. So tomorrow we're going to do our AAR episode uh, like we did last week after the game, and I'll insert the Quan Martin interview there so make sure you come back for that but we're going to start today's episode with the most important position and fortunately for commanders fans watching in attendance and of course for the team sam howell uh balled out on monday night wasn't perfect but certainly did enough to help get the uh, the washington commanders the win and of course we are going to talk about him to start off the episode in in total in a f- entire first half of action played the first quarter played the second quarter jacob Brissett came in in the third quarter eventually replaced by Jake Fromm to come in and uh, eventually lead the commanders on a game-winning drive for a 49-yard game-winning field goal uh, from Joey Sly. But Sam Howell, the starter, 19 for 25 in his action, 76% completion rate uh, doing that, 188 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And, of course, all of it's important, but I think that might be the most important part uh, of his stat line. Now, through six career games, now granted, most of them are preseason. All but one of them are preseason and one regular season game. Sam Howell's on two NFL interceptions. Uh, that's incredibly important. Huge grain of salt there, right? Again, you're going against some second-team defenses. Last year, 
going against some third-team defenses. But when you're talking about a young quarterback, anytime you have a young quarterback that's protecting the ball, doing the smart thing, moving the chains, uh, and keeping his, his team in games, which is what he's been doing, you always want to celebrate that. So let's break this down real quick. If you're in the live chat, uh, because I'm running this all by myself and, and and everything while we're doing this live, can't interact in the live chat, but please converse in the live chat. I will go through it after the fact uh, and take any questions or comments you guys have and potentially fold them into later episodes. So Sam Howell, first drive of the game, uh, went five for six, 83% completion rate on that drive, 53 yards resulting in a 21-yard uh, Joey Sly field goal to open up the scoring for the Washington Commanders. Started off one for one with a short pass completed to the right side of the formation to Brian Robinson for a three-yard gain, two for two then, uh, short middle pass to tight end Cole Turner for an eight-yard gain. The following play, arguably not the most important play of the game per se, but one of the most important plays, if you still had questions about the quarterback, Sam Howell, you still had, you still wondered, what is this young guy really going to do for the Washington Commanders? This next sequence, I think, was probably the most important of the evening for those folks in in that band, right? So there was a sack on Sam Howell, and Sam Howell admitted after the game, just like we knew he was going to admit after the game, completely on Sam Howell. Takes the ball, he's got time, gets to the end of his drop, gets in rhythm, doesn't find a target, holds on the ball too long, doesn't make the decision to run with it, doesn't make the decision to throw it away, ends up getting sacked for a huge, huge loss, leads to a third and long, uh, and on the very next play, he completes his third pass of the drive, 16 yards on third and 15 finding tight end Cole Turner immediately bouncing back. You go back to Eric Bieniemy's comments, Ron Rivera's comments about Sam Howell and his really impressive ability to auto-correct and kind of go through the motions and go through the ups and downs of the game and really not be rattled by them. I think that moment right there, because not only are you quarterback taking a big sack, you're taking a big sack because of you and you know it's you and you're a young quarterback and you don't let it get you down. You want to come back and you want to help your team, but you make a smart play, didn't force it into a dangerous situation, made a really good throw, and Cole Turner came down with a really good catch to get them a first down. He completes his next pass to Terry McLaurin over the middle for a 13-yard gain. Then he connects with Terry McLaurin again on the left side of the field for another 13-yard gain before his final pass of the drive falls incomplete, and eventually Joey Sly kicks the field goal. That's all in the first drive, so a very eventful first drive for the Washington Commanders offense. Second drive, a little less eventful, two for three. 67%, 14 yards uh, total offense or passing offense from Sam Howell resulting in a punt. Completed his first pass short left to Curtis Samuel for 11 yards. Then there was a defense pass interference called on a Ravens defender in coverage against Jahan Dotson. I think that's something you're going to see quite a bit uh, this season is DPIs uh, on Jahan Dotson or in coverage of Jahan Dotson. Uh, then he completed a uh, pass to Antonio Gibson for six yards, but that was negated by a holding penalty on Sadiq Charles. Completed his second official pass because obviously a penalty uh, erases the pass that doesn't count two for two short right side to the to brian robinson for a three-yard gain and then his final pass of the drive incomplete deep uh to the right side of the formation to deami brown honestly i think it was a good ball i think deami brown was in good position the ravens defensive back just made uh, a good play and that's kind of the old cliche right the defense gets paid uh to play football as well and that defender certainly earning his paycheck uh, on that on that snap so third drive uh sam howell goes seven for eight and, and i think this is where you really saw the evening Turnaround. I would say turnaround because it was already going fairly well from a number standpoint, but I think this is where you, really where you saw the evening take off for young Sam Howell. Seven for eight on that drive, 88% completion percentage, 43 yards of total offense through the air, and a touchdown pass. Uh, started off going six for six. First pass short right side of the formation to Brian Robinson for eight yards. Next pass, another short pass to Brian Robinson for three yards. And then he goes to Jahan Dotson for six yards, hits Antonio Gibson back-to-back plays, only a net gain of one yard. One of them was a two-yard loss, and then the next one a three-yard gain. But then 
He goes back to the middle of the field for a 16-yard gain. His one incompletion targeted for De'Ami Brown, but then a short middle of the field pass to Antonio Gibson from nine yards out for a touchdown play. And I think you have to shed some praise on the running back, Antonio Gibson, on that play. Stopped initially before he gets to the goal line, but that second effort gets him into the end zone. His teammates get in there to celebrate them. There's a little bit of a scuffle, a skirmish. Center Nick Gates is in the middle of it. You end up with offsetting penalties with Nick Gates getting a flag for the commanders and then a Ravens defender. I talked to Nick briefly uh, in the locker room. I just walked up to him and said, Nick, man, how, how did I not know? Uh, how, how did I know that you were going to be in the middle of that scrum? And he kind of just laughed it off and said, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and I think that attitude, that that fierceness on the field is what people are really going to like about uh, your new center, Nick Gates. So uh, that ends up in a touchdown, right? So the offsetting penalties are after the play. So the touchdown stands. Really no loss, no gain because they're offsetting penalties. You get the extra point, and the Washington Commanders move on. Fourth drive of the game, Sam Howell comes back in. I thought after the third drive, maybe he doesn't come back in. But as soon as you see on the clock, there's a minute. I think there's a minute 30, something like that, left on the clock. A prime opportunity to run the two-minute offense for Sam Howell. It's something they do a lot in practice. If you've been out to Ashburn to see a training camp practice, you've seen them work red zone, two-minute drills. Uh, they do it a lot. So the opportunity to do it against a live opponent, too valuable to pass up. Sam Howell goes five for eight. And if you remember, Everydayers, especially the last episode we had uh, during practice where he had that kind of red zone operation where he went six for 12, two touchdowns, interception, and the context of having a short field and working with these, these constraints, having, having that context, again, 50%, not bad, especially two touchdowns, interception. So when you hear five for eight, 63%, you might kind of flinch a little bit when you remember the situation you're in, uh, a two-minute situation, so you're, you're heavy passing, you're, you're not trying to run the ball and keep the clock running or burn through your own timeouts. That gives the defense a little bit of an upper hand, 63%, a very good percent when you talk about that context. 78 yards total of offense through the air and a touchdown. Uh, very first play of the drive was a sack. And, and Sam Howell, after the game, he took blame for that sack. I'll have to go back and watch it. But just from watching the play in real time, in my memory, I think that sack was on Cornelius Lucas. You know what I mean? But Sam took credit for it. Uh, I'll take him for his word, but I'll go back and watch it uh, as well. Next play, Sam Howell had a scramble, picked up eight yards on the run, and then he completed his first two passes. The first one, a short middle pass to Terry McLaurin for 13 yards, followed by a deep middle ball uh, to Jahan Dotson for 16 yards. Following that, kind of the next growth moment for Sam Howell, two incompletions in a row, both targeted for Jahan Dotson, both behind the receiver. And I kind of watched this, and you know, this is an interesting moment because I want to see if Sam autocorrects like he's been praised for doing or if this becomes a consistent problem on this drive and ends up killing this drive. And Spoiler alert, it didn't kill the drive, right? Short middle pass to Jahan Dotson for 17 yards. Then he goes deep right to Jahan Dotson for 21 yards. There's a, there's the theme here uh, with, with this drive. Then he went incomplete, short left, a left out route by De'Ami Brown. Uh, I say the defender held him up. I say it should have been DPI at worst or at best defensive holding uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, but no flag. They go back to the line of scrimmage, run a similar route to the right side of the formation. This time, Sam and De'Ami connect in the end zone for a commander's touchdown. So, if you're Sam Howell, you know, there, there's things to work on, certainly. If you're the offensive line, certainly things to work on, but you can't help but be happy coming away from this performance tonight. But what about those guys in front of them, that offensive line, and two specific defensive backs that I was watching tonight coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Commanders is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear, whether you're dealing with decisions around career, 
relationships or anything else. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want your life to navigate around so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who have suffered through major traumas. Anybody experiences stress, which is everybody, could potentially use therapy in their life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best part is, well, one of the best parts is you can switch therapists anytime. No questions asked. You don't have to justify it. Nobody's going to dive into it. If you want to switch therapists, you switch therapists because you want to and you control your therapy. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders, Victory Monday or Tuesday morning, depending on what time zone you're in and when you're listening uh, to this episode. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day, especially today and every day. As always, greatly appreciate you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. And we've been having a lot of fun this offseason, training camp, preseason. Hopefully that fun gets to continue into the regular season just around the corner. It's really going to be here uh, before you know it, of course. If you want to text with me, if you want to talk with me like so many we're doing during the game, during practices, head over to joinsubtext.com slash commanders, and you can be a, become a part of that great group. And uh, as always, I welcome anybody to uh, to come through. You get your first two weeks for free, so you figure out if you like it. If you don't, no harm, no, no foul. I appreciate you for giving it a try anyway. If you do, then hopefully you stick around and, and stay part of the party. Speaking of parties, the offensive line, not perfect, but I think they feel pretty good about what they put on film on uh, on Monday night. And hopefully if you were watching the game, especially compared to the Cleveland game, you feel a little bit better about what is happening because the key there is this is a process, right? This is a building process for the offensive line. We've, we've kind of talked about it before. Five guys kind of have to unite as one, move the same way, think the same way. You know, if, if I see this happening over here uh, and I need to adjust my block to, to come over here and pick this up, I need you to kind of understand the same thing is happening and adjust whatever you might need to adjust to pick up for what I'm doing and, and vice versa and, and all those things. So trickle down economics, all those things up and down the line, uh, it all impacts each other, right? So the first thing I came into this game looking for was a starting left guard position, right? Ron Rivera was asked towards the end of the week what the decision was or was going to be moving forward with the starting left guard position. We've seen Sadiq Charles obviously uh, get the leadoff opportunities as a starting left guard, but because of some injuries and to be truthful, there were some operational uh, issues along the way as well. We saw Chris Paul get the opportunities to kind of step in there and become the first team left guard at times and seeing some other guys kind of rotate through the second team. So we're kind of wondering who is really going to be the starting left guard. Well, Ron Rivera kind of said that that decision hadn't really been made yet, which made me come into this game really looking to see who not only started 
at left guard for the commanders, but who got the most play, who got the most snaps and, and who all, who did all those things for the first team with Sam Howell on the field. Well, the answer to that is Sadiq Charles. It's Sadiq Charles started the game. Sadiq Charles got most of the snaps. Sadiq Charles got all the snaps at left guard when Sam Howell was in the game. So uh, as far as I'm concerned and, and take that with a grain of salt, I didn't watch every single left guard snap. So maybe Chris Paul got in there every once in a while, but every drive that started, every time the, the team came together, I looked down, it was Sadiq Charles in there and, so that tells me that Sadiq Charles is your starting left guard, unless he's injured, which he has been a little bit during training camp. But if he's healthy, which he was healthy enough to play Monday night, he is your number one left guard. That is not confirmed by the team. Ron Rivera has not said that, but just from what I'm seeing out here on the field, even on the practice field, when he comes back, he is your starting left guard. I think I feel pretty confident in that. Just like I feel confident that your starting right tackle is Andrew Wiley, starting left tackle is Charles Leno Jr. But both of those guys only played the first set with Sam Howell on the first team offense. Uh, replaced on the second second drive of the game by Trent Scott and Cornelius Lucas. Those two guys, at times they look like second-team tackles. At times they look pretty serviceable, to, to be quite honest with you. And I think the message across the board is that they all kind of looked progressive. They looked like they are better than they looked in Cleveland, and they looked better than they have uh, in the beginning of practices and all these things. So it's a process. We're not done yet with it, obviously. Uh, and we'll see. We've got another game Saturday in Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see what happens. Uh, in that game as well. If the starters even play, if not, then we've got three more practices, really two practices, one walkthrough on Friday. Uh, so we'll see if we can get anything from that. And then you got a couple of weeks and it's time for Arizona guys. It's, it's right around the corner. Like I said, so offensive line, not terrible, not amazing. You know, again, that sack on Sam Howell and deep in their own end, he took credit for it. I put it on Cornelius Lucas. Uh, if you remember the, the sack that I'm talking about, if you want to give your opinion, by all means, let me know. But in the meantime, I'll be watching it for our Tuesday AAR episode. And I'll come back with you with a little bit more details on that play specifically. But I wasn't just looking for the offensive line. I was also looking at two defensive backs specifically. And fortunately, while most of the first team defense sat on Monday night, Emmanuel Forbes did play. He was one of the guys I was looking for. Quan Martin was the other one. Starting with Emmanuel, we all know he had a little bit of a rough time in Baltimore. Not a terrible time, I wouldn't say. He looked like a rookie out there. But there were some times that some of these veteran receivers and some of these more talented receivers were giving him a little bit of work. And he, he struggled here and there uh, during the practices. So looking forward to seeing him come back. And I got to say, he honestly did pretty well. I mean, he didn't get targeted a whole lot. The uh, the Baltimore Ravens offense actually really liked Rashad Wild Goose on Monday night. So they targeted him a whole bunch. The more they target him, the less they're targeting Emmanuel Forbes. But I was watching him rep to rep, watching him cover his guys, staying in phase, whether it was trail technique, whatever he was doing, playing over the top, playing zone, whatever he was doing, he looked comfortable out there, looked confident, just like he did. Once we got back from Owings Mills, back into Ashburn, uh, Virginia did give up a pass to uh, completion to Zay Flowers for an 11-yard gain. Uh, but then on a third and one play, the Baltimore Ravens tried to run to his side with running back Melvin Gordon, and Emmanuel Forbes diagnosed it, click close, get in past the blocker, took Melvin Gordon down for no gain, forced a Baltimore Ravens punt. Very good play uh, by Emmanuel Forbes there. Then we move on to Quan Martin. And Quan Martin is the guy I think most people secondary-wise were coming into this game to really look for he didn't have the greatest outing with against cleveland browns some fans let him hear about it you know that's that's your prerogative on social media if you were a part of that he kind of responded in kind said you know i'm going to take that as motivation we talked to him throughout the week other media members talked to him throughout the week he really didn't shy away from learning lessons from that experience right and really wanted to come in here against the baltimore ravens and show that he had learned some things and uh, i mean you can't you can't show that you're developing show that you're learning anymore than getting an interception in the end zone as your opponent is trying to go in for a touchdown uh, to really kind of take hold of the game and then running that thing back 59 yards. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Josh Johnson targeting Quan Martin on a pass, shallow side of the left side of the of the end zone. 
uh, and Quan again in good position, in good placement, uh, ends up uh, breaking up the ball. The ball kind of bounces around a little bit. He gets his hands on it. Gets gets not only gets his hands on it, but has the mental ability to say, "Need to get my feet inbounds." Gets his feet inbounds, surveys the area, and says, "You know what? I can run this thing out." Runs it out. Ends up going 59 yards. Uh, again, I'll have the full locker room interview with him on the episode that we drop tomorrow. But a little bit of a preview. Look, while he was running, I'm sitting in the press box watching him run. I'm like, man, that dude is tired. Like he, it's a 59 yard return, but he probably ran at least what 75 yards to get those 50. He actually probably ran more than that. You'll have to look at the next gen uh, stat tracking. But I was like, man, that dude's got to be tired. And he kind of got to the sideline. I thought he was going to run out of bounds. He didn't. He took a little bit of a hit. Uh, he did say he's like, maybe next time I'll run out of bounds on that. But I was trying to make a play. Uh, ends up setting up his offense for a very good position, and they end up scoring a touchdown off of that. So very happy to see Quan Martin kind of bounce back from a little bit of a lackluster performance as the Cleveland Browns. Look, this team, you know, a lot of questions came out about the Washington Commanders when they double-dipped at DB in the NFL draft, and really we've all kind of come to uh, to accept and embrace is that they're looking for more takeaways. You know what I mean? Not a lot of takeaways last year for this defense, even though they were the 13th scoring defense in the NFL. They're looking to make that better this year. Quan Martin is a part of that valuation or part of that calculation, and he showed that in this preseason game. So very good bounce back from him. To wrap up today's episode, I'm going to give you my three takeaways from the game Monday night. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's live post-game episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off officially, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets for every regular season win they earn. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, any of the 32 teams. And you will get bonus bets every time they win a regular season game. Of course, Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now at plus 600 odds. And uh, the other NFC East team up to the northeast of FedEx Field here is uh, valued at point or plus 800 odds to uh, also win it uh, if they repeat as NFC East Division champions. The Washington Commanders, you guys know the national media doesn't have a lot of faith in what the Commanders are doing. So they have a plus 6,500 line. The good news there is you bet 100 bucks on them. To win the Super Bowl, if they do, you win $6,500. In the meantime, every regular season win they get, you get bonus bets. Uh, so even if they don't win the Super Bowl, you'll still get some bonus bets so you can play with. Regardless of who you bet on, you'll get those bonus bets for regular season wins, and then you can use those on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. (laughs) 
Final segment of Locked On Commanders here. Thank you for joining me again this post game live out here from uh, beautiful FedEx Field. It's humid out here, guys. It is muggy in this this radio booth. I don't know if you can tell behind me, but there's there's no glass back here, so I'm I'm sweating up uh, a storm here. The the players would have a lot of sympathy for me for how much I'm sweating because no, they wouldn't. Um, all right, three three takeaways, immediate takeaways. I'm trying to come up with like a cool name. For this segment, I thought about takeaway pizza. You know what I mean? But I don't know how many of you are Ed Sheeran fans. I'm an Ed Sheeran fan. He talks about uh, takeaway pizza and, and some of his songs, which is, you know, take out pizza. You go to Pizza Hut or wherever you go and you take pizza home. So I was like, we call it a three topping takeaway pizza. I don't know. I, I, I didn't know if it would hit. So I didn't go with it. Instead, I chose to take 30 seconds of your night and overly explain it for some, for some reason. Sorry. Three takeaways from the game today. My first takeaway, Sam Howell is for real. But... Don't crown him just yet, right? And this is something we talked to Sam Howell about in the post-game press conference and something that Troy Aikman actually talked about. So shout out, one of my subtexters, I don't have it pulled up right now, but one of my subtexters actually texts me during the game because if you don't know in the press box here, we don't get the game. We get the game feed as in we can see the game feed, but we don't hear it. Like I don't hear Troy Aikman talking when the game is going on, right? So one of my subtexters texted me and said, hey, Troy Aikman just kind of talked about an interesting thing about how when Troy was going through his first preseason, he was doing really well, just like Sam is. He kind of got to the point where he thought, man, this is really easy. And then he went over for 11, 0 and 11 for his first 11 games as a starter. So he kind of hoped that Sam Howell didn't fall into the same trap. So I actually asked Sam about that during his postgame press conference. Uh, and Sam kind of just talked about saying, you know, at the end of the day, we do some good things. We don't do some good things we need to learn. But at the end of the day, none of this really counts. Right. And I think that is, I think the way he says, like, nothing really matters. Right? So I'm paraphrasing here. These aren't direct quotes, but. I think that's a really good, smart way for a young quarterback to come out of here and say, yeah, I'm doing some exciting things. Yeah, we're winning these games and we're, we're producing points and all that stuff. But we all know in a week's time, Saturday night, right? As soon as the clock hits zero Saturday night against Cincinnati Bengals, all those points, all those stats, they go away. The wins, they go away. Two and one, three and oh, doesn't matter. You start off the season 0 and 0, just like everybody else. So I think it's a really good way uh, for Sam to, to be looking at. So again, Sam Howe's for real. I think the intelligence is real. The decision-making is really arm. Certainly live. You guys see it when you have the opportunity to. But let's not get too carried away and say, okay, this is the next great Washington quarterback and the next great quarterback in the National Football League. Still needs to prove it on the regular season field. The great thing about it is he knows that just as much as everybody else does. Number two, offensive line is a work in progress, not a work in regress. And I think that's an important way to look at this. Offensive line is not perfect. Offensive line is going to have some issues. They're going to have some penalties, guys. There's going to be some blown blocks here and there, and they're going to be frustrating, right? Especially if they come second and two and now you're looking at third and 12 because of a blown block or something like those are gonna be really frustrating right And it's gonna be hard to kind of get out of that mindset and say okay you know this this offensive line is not going to work but if you look at today again the baltimore ravens even though you're talking about second team defense third team defense from time to time they do have some solid pass rush talent the, the nfl is is chock full of pass rushing talent and the offensive line quality of depth i think across the league really doesn't measure up with the pass rusher quality of depth i think i would i would be venture to say uh, so you see the improvement from Cleveland to Baltimore. And then again, they've still got more time to work. And then during the season, the big thing is staying healthy and coming out of this game, everybody looks healthy. Everybody appears to help be healthy. So I think the important thing to remember with the old line work in progress, not work in regress. If they were worse today against Cleveland, that would be having a much different conversation, right? Third uh, takeaway. We're going all offense today. Weapons, weapons, and weapons. Listen, in his first series, Sam Howell connected with Brian Robinson, Jr., Cole Turner, and Terry McLaurin. In his second, Curtis Samuel, Robinson, and De'Ami Brown. Third, Robinson, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, and Brown. And then finally, McLaurin, Dotson, and Brown on the next one. Like, it's 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 a, it's a roulette, not roulette wheel, it's a 
what the 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 Vegas machines that you pull the arm on. I can't think of what it's called. It's it's a slot, right? It's a slot machine. Pull the arm and see what weapons pop up, and then go use those weapons. I mean, the the amount of weapons that this quarterback has to use uh, is absolutely ridiculous. And Sam Howell said during his post 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 game press conference, they have even more than he used. Uh, I think he connected with seven different receivers, uh, and he said we have even more that I didn't even get to use. I mean, they're they're going to have some tough decisions on who they keep and who they don't keep. But I think that as long as you have some of those weapons on the field, then this quarterback, this offense is going to have a chance to make some good things happen. Quick note, Terry McLaurin did leave the game towards the end of the first half with a toe injury. Ron Rivera confirmed after the game that his x-ray came back negative, so no break and all that stuff. So just a matter of just getting him some rest. I don't expect him to practice probably uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Walkthroughs or walkthroughs. We can probably do a walkthrough. I, I would not expect Terry McLaurin. I wouldn't expect really any starters, honestly. Uh, to play on Saturday. In fact, I think Jacoby Brissett might get, what, two or three reps or two or three series, uh, and then Jake Fromm will take it the rest of the way. Uh, so don't expect to see him playing uh, before we get to Arizona. But x-ray is negative, so hopefully everything is okay, and uh, we'll see Terry week one against the Arizona Cardinals. All offense, but I think that's to be expected a little bit because the first-team defense didn't play outside the linebackers and the cornerback. We can talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. On tomorrow's episode, we're dropping our next AAR episode, what we want to keep going forward, what we want to change going forward. I'll play that Quan Martin interview, and we'll talk about some other stuff, get into some numbers and some data uh, after I can get home, get some sleep, like hopefully you're all going to do here fairly soon. If you have any questions or comments, just throw them again in the live chat or in the comments on YouTube. Email me at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter or text me anytime by going to joinsubtext.com slash lockedoncommanders. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders first listen or review today and every day. And thank you for making me a part of your routine, part of your football routine specifically. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.